Yeah, thank you. <coughs> Should I bring extra rubber bands for next time? I did. I mean, extra ones? Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah, Rabbil Alameen. Rabbil Awalina Wal Akhirin. Alhamdulillah, Nahmaduhu Wa Nasta'inuhu Wa Nasta'gfiruhu. Wa Na'udhu Bihi Min Shururi Anfusina Wa Min Sayyati A'malina. من يهده الله فهو المهتد ومن يضلل فلن تجد له وليا مرشدا وأشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له تفرد بالربوبية والألوهية فهو في السماء رب وإله يعبد ويطاع وفي الأرض رب وإله يعبد ويطاع وأشهد أن سيدنا وأولنا وهادينا وسابقنا محمدا صلى الله عليه وآله وسلم عبده ورسوله وما كان الله ليعذبهم وأنت فيهم وما كان الله معذبهم وهم يستغفرون من يطع الله ورسوله وأولي الأمر من المؤمنين فلا مضل له ومن يعص الله ورسوله وأولي الأمر من المؤمنين فلا هادي له ومن يتوكل على الله فإن الله على كل شيء قدير أما بعد أيها المؤمنون Friday Jumu'ah prayers the khutbah on this day are taqwa are supposed to be taqwa centered our concern, our consciousness, our mindfulness should at this time of the week should be concentrated on taqwa. Unfortunately, the meaning of taqwa has been dislocated. Not many Muslims, even though the word is used frequently, and is recited many times in the ayat of the Qur'an that have the word taqwa in it. But the true meaning of taqwa is absent. 
except probably a few individuals here and there who have grasped the meaning and have conscientized themselves to the implications of it. How did all of this begin? Why did we lose sight of taqwa? Because we disconnected from the Qur'an. Alif Lam Meem ذَلِكَ الْكِتَابُ لَا رَيْبَ فِيهِ هُدًا لِلْمُتَّقِينَ The Qur'an becomes a guide for al-muttaqeen, those who are conscious, those who are actively conscious, those who are always conscious of Allah's power, and his authority. We have to be frank with ourselves and confess that our understanding of Allah and his Prophet are not due to our own efforts. We don't spend much time trying to rediscover the meanings that come to us from Allah and the actions that were presented to us by His Prophet. You take the word Sunnah, a word that is used very frequently, and we find that we use it one way and Allah's book uses it in another way. When Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala speaks and he uses the word sunnah in his protected book, he refers to social laws. But when we use the word sunnah, we use it to refer to a particular group of Muslims or to the sayings of the Prophet. This is not the Quranic usage of the word. Someone may ask, okay, so if the Quran doesn't refer to the Prophet's sayings as Sunnah, then what does the Quran refer, what's the word used in the Quran? that refers to the Prophet's statements or to the Prophet's policies. And there are two words in the Qur'an that refer to that. It's either balagh or it's either hadith. These are the Qur'anic words that relate to the Prophet. And there's no such thing in the Qur'an or in the Prophet's statements that designate a particular group of people as sunnah. It's not there. So why is it in us when it's not from Allah or from His Prophet? Has anyone given it any thought? If we wanted to investigate how did all of this happen, well, we can trace ourselves back 
hundreds of years and then realize that the meanings of the Qur'an that we have among us today are the inheritance of colonialism and imperialism. That's how we think of our Islam and our Iman through the vocabulary, vocabulary and the concepts of colonialists and imperialists. That's where we are in the real world today. Not through our independent and our free psychological and mental effort to contact Allah and His Prophet. That's not the way it's done. So we had, when we still have, an effort that's been in progress for hundreds of years. For your information, the meanings of the Qur'an went into other languages, in other words, the translation of the Qur'an was not begun by we the Muslims. When the Qur'an was... Who is the first person to translate the Qur'an into English? It wasn't a Muslim. Who was the first person to translate the Qur'an into French? It wasn't a Muslim. Into German, it wasn't a Muslim. Etc., etc. So who did this? We have a historical combination of those who called themselves crusaders, followed by missionaries, followed by orientalists, these ganged up on the Qur'an and began to write the meanings of the Qur'an in their own languages. When this was happening in the scholarly world, what was happening in the military world? In the military world, they were going into our lands and taking over. So we had colonialism followed by imperialism throughout the Muslim world. And now, when all of this was happening at the same time, we, incapable of thinking for ourselves, we were enamored. We were fascinated by their materialistic progress. So many of us began to think, well, they have to be right if they can invent certain inventions, whether they were industrial or whether they were military or whatever they were. And so we began to follow them when they told us what Islam is all about. In the commotion of all of this, the word taqwa, which we are supposed to understand very clearly, got ran over. And so we imported from them the meaning of the word taqwa. So it becomes something like piety or something like that. These people, they still exist. They still exist. The colonialists. The missionaries and the Orientalists. They didn't disappear. They're still around. 
And they still write and present their ideas about Islam and we are still incapable of standing up for who we are. The movement of translation, there was a movement during, in the, if we take the Gregorian calendar, calendar, during the 15th and 16th and 17th centuries, there was an effort, one of those efforts to translate the Qur'an into one of the Latin languages was prohibited by the church at one time for their fear that more or less an accurate type of translation of the Qur'an is going to be unfavorable to their own flocks. They said, no, we don't want this. Burn it. Get rid of it. But the, the process had begun and with the exclusion of one edition, of one translation, we have numerous of them circulating all around the world to such a degree that they have the temerity to say that Muhammad, may Allah's peace and blessings be upon him and his, they say that he was the one who wrote the Qur'an. <clears throat> and if we were just nurtured by the Qur'an, it's nothing new. They didn't come up with something new that was said during the lifetime of our Prophet. وَلَقَدْ نَعْلَمُ أَنَّ الَّذِي وَلَقَدْ نَعْلَمُ أَنَّهُمْ يَقُولُونَ إِنَّمَا يُعَلِّمُهُ بَشَرٌ لِسَانُ الَّذِي يُلْحِدُونَ إِلَيْهِ أَعْجَمِي وَهَذَا لِسَانٌ عَرَبِيٌّ مُبِينٌ we know Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is saying, we know what they are saying. They're saying that this Qur'an has been dictated to Muhammad, has been taught to Muhammad by a person who doesn't speak Arabic. لِسَانُ الَّذِي يُلْحِدُونَ إِلَيْهِ وَهَذَا لِسَانٌ عَرَبِيٌّ مُبِينٌ And this is a clear an eloquent Arabic expression, meaning the Qur'an. They've been doing this for centuries. And we are just consumers. Not only do we consume their materialism, but we are also consuming their mentalism. To such a degree, Alhamdulillah, this wave has receded. It doesn't exist among the Muslims anymore. But when we were at our weakest point, which was about 90 years ago, 80 or 90 years ago, in Egypt, which is supposed to be a place where the Qur'an and Islam is preserved by the knowledge of it, Direct, direct knowledge of it. These are Arabic speakers. One of these persons went to one of the... Uh, for your information, different cities 
in Arab countries and even in some Muslim places, they have what is called Majma' al-Lugha al-Arabiya. And that is something like the, um, the, 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 the corporate effort that goes into preserving the Arabic language. These are scholars in their own right. So one, one, one of these Egyptians comes along and says, we should write the Quran in Latin letters. That's how weak, mentally weak, we became. And as I said, this was a wave, and it only lived on for a few years, and it passed by. It's dead now. Thank Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This was done in the 30s and the 40s of the past century, the past solar century, Gregorian century. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala challenges these colonialists, imperialists, missionaries, and orientalists, challenges them. In kuntum fi raybim mimma nazzalna ala abdina fa'tu bi suratim min mithlih. Fa'in lam taf'alu walan taf'alu fa'attaqu nara allati waquduha nasu wal hijara. If you have any doubts or any questions about what we have revealed to our subject, meaning Prophet Muhammad, may Allah's peace and blessings be upon him, then present one surah equivalent to what is in the Qur'an. And you can call upon all your supporters, muster all the help you can for that aim. Allah challenges these people. And where are they? Ask yourself, where are they? Do you see any public debates? Do they want to sit down with Muslims and open up this book for us to give and take on this matter? They sense that we have, right now, we have some mental vigor in us. We're not a hundred years ago when they used to come with their armies and take over everything we have. Of course, they've sophisticated the, the process. Now they have their agents instead of them. The Quran has been translated into 120 languages. In the English language, there's about 80 translations of the meanings of the Quran. The Quran cannot be translated. Period. What can be done is an attempt to translate some of the meanings of the Quran. That's what's going on. But what we have in tandem is that we are not in charge of that. Just a few Muslims who have the knowledge of the Qur'an and the knowledge of the language that they are translating the Qur'an into, who can do so with proficiency and with honesty. The rest of those who are playing this field, 
all of them have an agenda to derail us from particularly from the meaning of taqwa and so we wind up with what we have today Muslims incapable of understanding that they have to take into consideration in whatever they do wherever they are and whoever they are they have to take into consideration Allah's ever-present power and Allah's dominating authority just an example we have a word that's being used not by Muslims basically by non-Muslims and it's called climate change you hear there's a big debate in today's world about climate change is this something real or is this some exaggerated science that has basically no substance to it and you can you can tell that the scientific argument for or against depends on those who are in power when you have a uh, what is called a conservative president a republican who is running the political show and the power show then the issue of climate change seemed to have become suppressed but when you have someone in charge of the country who is from the left or the liberal side of the political spectrum then you have climate climate change something like a focal issue okay we you and i and all these muslims are listening to this argument pro and con about climate change and we read our quran you may read your quran right now and then 10 minutes from now turn on your tv and listen to someone speaking about climate change however way he speaks about it now in your reading of the quran when you are reading about Ad and Thamud and Fir'aun and Ashab al-Ras and Al-Aika and Al-Mu'tafikat and all of those empires and civilizations of ancient times, when you're reading about that, how, how are they destroyed? Some of them were destroyed by earthquakes, some of them were destroyed by a violent change in nature, but at the end of the day, they were destroyed by climate change. That's how they were destroyed. Violent climate change. Now, over here, those who have the scientific information with them, they haven't reached the point, at least many of them, they haven't reached the point that alarm the listeners and readers that there is a violent climate change in the making Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala out of his mercy he gave gives us some information and these researchers and discoverers and investigators and specialists in their own fields they collect this information they say wait a minute here 
humanity is moving towards the disaster. In, in previous times, it used to be some societies. Maybe in uh, Africa, maybe in Asia, maybe in Europe, in these places. In those. But now, because the world is shrinking, the whole planet now is subject to a violent reaction. Because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, as power and authority, has been marginalized. If not excluded from any impact on social affairs. There's a balance between what is social and what is physical. So what happens when we, the humans of this world, when we begin to disturb the physical equilibrium? Or we begin to disturb the social equilibrium. And what is happening now, we are disturbing both equilibriums. And we are setting ourselves up for destruction. But this is what happens. Who is putting these pieces together in their minds? Who reads equally the information that comes from Allah Jalla wa'ala? and the information that is obtained from research and from scientific investigation. Who's doing that? Why do we have this dichotomy in the world? Those who understand Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in his revealed book do not understand Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in his created world. And the other way around, those who understand Allah through the created world, the scientific investigations in all of this, don't understand Allah in His revealed word. So we have a dichotomy between Allah's word and Allah's world. Why? Ask yourselves as Muslims, why are we here where we are stuck in this rut? And then all of a sudden they come along and they hijack our thoughts and they tell us what certain words in the Quran mean and we accept what they tell us without critical thinking, without independent thinking. And a rumor goes around and we fall victims and praise to their either emotional rumors or their structural rumors. Alhamdulillah, الذي أنزل على عبده الكتاب ولم يجعل له عوجا. And the Prophet of Allah, may Allah's peace and blessings be upon him and his, says, تَرَكْتُكُمْ عَلَى الْمَحَجَّةِ الْبَيْضَاءِ لَيْلُهَا كَنَهَارِهَا أقول قولي هذا وأستغفر الله لي ولكم دعوه سبحانه وأنتم على يقين بالإجابة وتوبوا إلى الله إن الله تواب رحيم
الحمد لله بجميع المحامد على جميع النعم وصلى الله وسلم على المبعوث خيرا ورحمة وهدى لكافة الأمم محمد النبي الأمي وعلى آله وعلى صحبه وسلم Dear brothers and sisters committed Muslims In the vacuum that we have been living, hopefully we are on our way out of it, but in the vacuum that we have been living, there have been many troublemakers around. One of the most serious troublemakers are those who are in the Arabian Peninsula. They've been pumping public opinion with propaganda to divide the Muslims. They can't do something constructive, so they turn their energy and begin doing things that are destructive. And they pump into the Muslim public this Sunni-Shi'i division. And they want everyone to believe that this is a fact of life. Sectarianism is what defines us as Muslims. This is, they've been doing this for many years now, and we have a sense that they're coming to the end of their rope. And we've realized, just observing what's been happening in all of these years, we've come to the conclusion that those who are rulers in Arabia and the many other rulers they can buy with or they were buying with their finances and with their riyals that they have expressed hostility to Islamic Iran anyone who's just watching what is going on can't miss this you can't miss it it's so obvious. Now you ask yourself, why are they so worked up against an Islamic Iran? Well, you can summarize this in a few points. Number one, Islamic Iran is that independent Islamic force that came into existence when everyone else was dependent on the Taghut, the colonialist powers, the imperialist hegemons. That upset them. The second thing is, Islamic Iran took a very principled position in support of the Palestinian people. And this also incensed them. Because they're supposed to be Palestinians and are Arab, Arab, Arabic-speaking people. And so are those in the Arabian Peninsula. Palestinians are quote-unquote Sunnis. And they claim, these in Arabia claim to be the head honchos of the Sunnis. So how can a non-Arab and a Shia Iran be supportive of Palestinians 
who are not Persians and who are not Shias. This drove them crazy. Then Islamic Iran took also a measured position against the imperialists and the hegemonic powers that have their plans and their ploys on the Muslim territories everywhere. And they could not, they in the Arabian Peninsula, they could not present something useful and something to be accepted by the majority of the Muslims. So they turn their media on. That's the, 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 weak, the weaklings, when, they, when they have no substance to them, they begin to take it out with their words. So they had their functionaries, the PLO, accusing Hamas and Al-Jihad of being Shi'is. We, everyone knows Hamas and Jihad in Palestine. These are not Shi'is. But if you're listening to these mischief makers in the Arabian Peninsula, that's what you think is going on. And then they said Hamas and al-jihad and hezbollah they are executing an iranian agenda this is how hurt they are they have nothing to offer they have no substance to them they cannot lead and when someone steps into the arena to lead this is how they react <laughs> to such an to, to the extent that Ibn Salman, the Quisling, has virtually written off Palestine and given it to the Zionists. And he makes it appear, alhamdulillah, that some Muslims are not tuned into the Saudi Emirati propaganda. But if you were, you would think that the Palestinians are intruders in Israel. Instead of thinking the Israelis are intruders in Palestine, they want to turn your head around and have you think in the opposite direction. Now, in the poor Sunni mind, where things are not thought out as they should be there is the building of making synonymous what is sunni with the rulers who have become the sunnis of the world today the rulers and this can be traced with its historical roots no, there's no scholar in the Islamic past who said, I am a Sunni scholar. Did Abu Hanifa say, I'm a Sunni scholar? Or a Shafi'i? Or Malik? Or Ibn Hanbal? These are the four that are predominant. Did they say that they are Sunni scholars? 
I challenge anyone to bring me one statement from any of these scholars in which they say that they are Sunni scholars. Like they are presented to us today by the missionary orientalist colonialist propagandists. But here we are, we, we lag behind. We trail what we are being told. And then you find most of those nowadays, most of those officials who are falling over each other to recognize the colonization of the Holy Land by the Zionists, you will find that to be quote unquote and put these quotes in chains, you will find them to be Sunnis. The PLO speaks and interfaces with the Zionists. Who are the PLO? Are they Shiites? They're considered by whom? They are considered to be Sunnis. The government in Egypt, what is it? A Shiite government? The government in Jordan, what is it? A Shiite government? The regimes in the Arabian Peninsula, Saudi Arabia, the United Arab Emirates, Bahrain, Oman, and others to follow, making gestures that we want to normalize our relationship with the Zionist colonizers of the Holy Land. At the same time that they are, no they want to normalize their relations with the colonists in the Holy Land, they want to make war against an Islamic effort in Iran. They're falling into the laps, MBS and his likes and his counterparts are falling into the laps of the Zionists and imperialists. Wasn't there a time, do you forget, when the Israelis attack Hamas or Hezbollah, the Palestinians or the Muslims in the area, the Saudis and the Emiratis cheer them on. Finish, they tell them, finish Hamas and Hezbollah, finish them off. Who, who's doing this? Who's saying this? Those who have monopolized the word Sunni. Has nothing to do with Allah's book, has nothing to do with Allah's prophet. You can see them now these leaders who are the propaganda word Sunnis, they are killing the Muslims in many countries. They conspired against the first elected, freely elected president in Egypt. And they brought mercenaries and militaries from around the world, paid for, to fight inside of Yemen. At the same time, they are spending millions upon millions 
of euros and dollars and pounds to acquire sports clubs in Europe. At the same time, their neighbors of die are dying of hunger. Is this the definition of who a Sunni is? And then they go around to the casinos. And they go around to the cabarets in South East Asia, in Europe, in the Americas. Is this the definition of who a Sunni is? They gamble. They spend their nights with prostitutes. Is that a definition of who a Sunni is? When it comes and fortunes they spend in stock markets and on certain shares and they place all of this God-given wealth in a capitalist system. And capitalism is described by the Pope as a sin something the Pope understands and the average Muslim has trouble understanding. When it comes to provoking a fitna among the Muslims, they go to certain ayat and certain hadiths to create division and bloodshed among Muslims. Not that they are quoting these ayat and hadiths in context, not that they understand these ayat and hadiths and their meanings, but just as a political scheme. But where are the ayat and hadiths that condemn them and what they are doing? They're silent. No ayah, no hadith exists to condemn their actions. They've stifled the hajj can't do anything in Hajj. You're supposed to go there just like a robot. Meaningless. You go in and out of certain places and you're only allowed to stay there for a short amount of time. Then you have to leave. All of this is done by their fiat. There's nothing in the Quran and nothing in the teachings of Allah's Prophet they tell any Muslim you have to leave Mecca or you have to leave al Medina, And you cannot discuss Zionism or imperialism in Mecca and al Medina. Nothing in the Quran or in the Prophet's established words that tell us that. And now we have this week the Saudi ambassador to Washington returns to this city. He was hiding in his kingdom. He's probably given some assurances by the highest officials in this land. Oh, you can go back to Washington. No one's going to bother you. Feel comfortable at your embassy. And by the way, there is a movement here in Washington, D.C. to name the street in front of the Saudi embassy Jamal Khashoggi Street. That would be a plus. That would be something... That everyone and anyone should welcome. Just like 
in front of the American embassy in Ankara in Turkey. They gave the name of the street. The name of that street now has become Malik Shabazz. Now imagine if some creative things like this can begin to make traction. And then, who, by the way, who represents the Sunnis? This word that's used frequently, and they're milking it for its political advantages. Who represents it? Is it Al-Azhar? Is it Sheikh Al-Qardawi? Is it Al-Baghdadi? Is it ISIS? Who is it? Have you ever asked yourself that question? From whichever background you come from? Be careful. Don't fall into the traps. These are mental traps that are being set by people who with diabolic minds thought through the Quran and thought through the Prophet's words and statements. You know, these these individuals who pride themselves on being Wahhabi purist Muslims who say that the land of Al-Haramayn is a land that is void, is a land of Tawheed, void of Al-Bidah and Al-Kufr and Al-Shirk. We just go into their own mentality and say, okay, if that is what you are saying, and that's how you describe who you are, you have now your political boss, not that we are against it, you have your political boss right now permitting for the first time Christian mass in Arabia. And you should see the reactions of the people in that part of the world when they heard that there's, for the first time there's going to be a Christian mass in Arabia. There's nothing wrong with that. There should be Christian masses. And mass means not the mass of people. It means the uh, religious service is going to be a Christian religious service in a church in Arabia. What's wrong with that? But the Wahhabi Salafi sickness says you they can't permit that. And now there's internal tension on this. No one cares if there's military bases in Arabia. That's halal. Their objection has been all along that there should be places of worship for Christians or followers of other religions. That was a no-no. See how they turned the thing around? Now there's gestures going on. They haven't surfaced quite obviously to the public. Between Sudan and Israel. Now Sudan is thinking about some type of of normalization for those of us who have short memories back in 1967 to be precise August 29th 1967 in Al Khartoum in Sudan there was a meeting of all the heads of state of Arab countries this was in the aftermath of the defeat that they suffered in the War in 1967, in June 1967. They all met and they agreed with the three no's. La sulha, wala tafawuda, wala atirafa bi Israel. 
There's no reconciliation, there's no negotiation, and there's no recognition of Israel. In Al-Khartoum, and now Al-Khartoum is making an about face. They want to do all of that. When they decided to go with the money, they broke with the Islamic Republic because of Al-Yemen, and now they're follow, following the money trail. And for your information, that summit that Arab Heads of State Summit in Khartoum, the 29th of August 1967, was exactly one year after the, it was tw- the 29th of August 1966, that the regime in Egypt put an Islamic scholar to death. Sayyid Qutb was executed on that day and it was exactly one year after that that they went through their hypocritical politics that we are seeing the results of today. The American administration wants to take some, make some positive noise about its objection to what the Saudis have done concerning Khashoggi. Why is it taking so long? It's very obvious. This one, the MBS's right-hand man, his name is Saud al-Qahtani, a war criminal, on par with a war criminal. Human Rights Watch, Amnesty International, they said he was present when Saudi women were being sexually harassed. When they were detained, they were detained in Riyadh and then they were moved to another prison in Jeddah and he was there watching as they were being sexually harassed. They were, there were functionaries who were kissing these Saudi women, who were groping these Saudi women, who were electrocuting them, and raining them with sexual insults. Where's Muslim public opinion? Where's the taqwa? Is there any taqwa left on Fridays? And then news just comes out that now we have a synagogue in Dubai. United Arab Emirates now wants to flash its tolerance credentials. It opens a temple for the Hindus and now they have declared that they have a synagogue there. We're not against that. That's fine with us. Don't get it. Don't misunderstand us. But is this a synagogue for those of the Jewish faith, or is it a synagogue that will ha- that will harbor those of the Zionist conviction? That's where we have our question mark. One of the news items: Sean Penn has gone to Istanbul because he wants to put together a documentary and I think Robert De Niro is on board they want to put a, together a documentary about the assassination in the Saudi consulate by Saudi henchmen of one of their own Saudi citizens it takes someone else to do what we are supposed to be doing today 33 Palestinians were shot by the Israelis east of Gaza.
No one takes notice of that because their taqwa is dislocated. You should say to them, Ittaqu Washington, Ittaqu Tel Aviv. And when you say Ittaqu Allah, it has no meaning. And one of these sports champs appeared in Saudi Arabia yesterday or today or whenever it was, recently. And a Saudi woman stands up and asks him a question of how, what is his advice for women if they want to become fighters. And this Noor Muhammadov told her, you should first become a fighter in your own family. A statement like that, obviously, if everything is innocent, would go down as a neutral statement. But because of the repression, the systematic repression of women in that kingdom, they took umbrage to this statement. Those of them who are so fanatic as to become incapable of recognizing the dignity of women. Kuwait now has a new law. It will not permit Moroccan women, Tunisian women, and Lebanese women from going to Kuwait without a mahram. You tell me what sickness do we have in a society where human beings cannot move and travel normally. And finally, one of the PLO officials, his name is Nabil Shaaf, gave a lecture in Jordan this past week in which he said when he was teaching at one of the universities in Pennsylvania back in 1968, Trump was his student and he flunked three classes of his information that is useful to Muslims but even if it comes the Muslim way because we don't have the mental structure that we are required to have no Quranic culture no scrutinizing of the Sunnah no reliance upon Allah the total absence of the meaning of taqwa and we find ourselves where we are Allahumma arina al-haqqa haqqan warzuqna attiba'ah wa arina al-batila batilan warzuqna ajtinaba wa la taj'alhu multabisan alayna waj'alna lilmuttaqina imama rabbana la tu'akhidhna in nasina aw akhta'na rabbana wa la tahmil alayna isra كما حملته على الذين من قبلنا ربنا ولا تحملنا ما لا طاقة لنا به واعف عنا واغفر لنا وارحمنا أنت مولانا فانصرنا على القوم الكافرين اللهم صل على محمد وآل محمد بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم والعصر إن الإنسان لفي خسر إلا الذين آمنوا وعملوا الصالحات وتواصوا بالحق وتواصوا بالصبر 
ومن أظلم ممن منع مساجد الله أن يذكر فيها اسمه وسعى في خرابها أولئك ما كان لهم أن يدخلوها إلا خائفين لهم في الدنيا خزي ولهم في الآخرة عذاب عظيم إن الله يأمركم أن تؤدوا الأمانات إلى أهلها وإذا حكمتم بين الناس أن تحكموا بالعدل إن الله نعم يعظكم به إن الله كان سميعا بصيرا ولذكر الله أكبر والله يعلم ما تصنعون وأقم الصلاة Allah, I'm going to go to the hospital. 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 I'm going to go to the hospital.